Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry, and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Witness Lee served the Lord faithfully for more than 70 years, culminating with his exhaustive commentary on the entire scriptures called Life Study of the Bible. Today, we're happy to bring you recorded excerpts from his ministry, along with some of our own considerations. At the end of the program, we'll give you the website where you can find more about the remarkable ministry of these two men. But for now, please enjoy today's program. The Bible reveals to us three big enemies to our Christian life. Sin, Satan, and death. And all of these three take advantage of our fallen flesh to frustrate us. But God's approach to our flesh may surprise you. That's the focus on today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry. And we're always pleased to have Francis Ball join us for more fellowship concerning this rich life study of Romans. Francis, it's good to have you with us again. It's always a pleasure to be here with you, Chris. Francis, once again today, we're going to look at these three enemies that we mentioned, sin, death, and Satan. We've been seeing these three in the context of this marvelous verse in Romans chapter 5, verse 17, and reigning in life. Can you review this verse for us? And what is meant by this phrase, reigning in life? Well, in these chapters in Romans, we're seeing the three enemies you mentioned and how they are seen as uh, enemies that reign over us. In uh, chapter 5 of this uh, this book, uh, I mean, chapter 5 of Romans, verse 21, it mentions that sin reigned in death. And then in 5.14, it says death reigned. And we learn from, uh, from the book of Acts that Satan has some kind of authority, like the power of darkness. These are the three big enemies. Now, in 5.17, we're promised that those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through Jesus Christ. So not only these items reign, but there is a promise here that we will reign. We will reign in life. The life here in which we who receive will reign is the eternal, the divine, the uncreated life of God. This is the only life that's capable of reigning over these enemies. And this life is now in our spirit. It's not by our human effort or our improved conduct, but it's by this life that we will reign. This life does not merely save us from a few sinful things, but it enthrones us to reign over all things. As believers in Christ, we've received already righteousness because of his death for us. But we still need to receive the abundance of grace so that we can reign in life. Verse 21 tells us that grace reigns through righteousness unto eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So for this reigning in life, we keep on receiving, receiving the abundance of grace. So in the following chapters in Romans, we'll see how this grace reigns over sin, over death, and over Satan, over so many things that we are put under all the day long. 
So I'm looking forward to much more help on this matter of reigning in life. Francis, as you have mentioned, the much more help that we need is really receiving this grace as life, that we can reign in life. Right. Let's join Witness Lee for our life study today. We have been for a few weeks on the matter that we shall reign in life. We have seen to reign in life is to uh, subdue and rule over the three enemies. What are the three enemies? Sin, death, and Satan. This morning, my burden is to show you, with these three enemies, there is a center. Where these three enemies meet together? Where could you find them? Don't go to the moon. They are not in the moon. They are not in your home. When you are not home. What is the center, the meeting center of these three enemies, or the meeting hall? What is the meeting hall of the three enemies? Flesh. The very flesh is the meeting hall. All these three meet quite often. I don't believe they meet more than we do. <laughs> and their meeting has been lasting through thousands of years. Satan is always with sin, and sin is always with Satan, and death, and death is always meeting with Satan and sin. Where? In the flesh. In the flesh. Sorry to say, in our constitution, in our natural make, through our fall, we do have a part, at least a corner of our being. That is the meeting hall of these three enemies. I tell you the truth, oh, in all my Christian life, the thing that mostly bothered me, it has bothered me so much, it's still bothering day by day, even this morning, even right now. The thing that mostly bothers me is the flesh. You shouldn't complain Satan so much. You see? You shouldn't complain sin so much. You shouldn't condemn death so much. You have to <laughs> see the center of your problem is your flesh. This morning, if you could get out of this building, I tell you, you would leave all of us. I don't need to deal with it all. I just walk out of the building. I got away from you. But you would ask me, how could we walk out of the flesh? We can walk out of the building, but let me tell you, I tried over 50 years to walk out of the flesh, even up to now, I'm still here. <laughs> it's hard for us to get ourselves out of the flesh. Why? Because the flesh today is a part of our constitutional being. Right here. You know, 
a good number of times I did make a strong deal with the Lord. Lord, you are so wonderful. Your salvation is wonderful. Why didn't you do something to rid of our flesh? If you get rid of our flesh, right away, I will be so spiritual. Huh. Not in your way. The Lord answered me in this way. Child, how about Adam in the Garden of Eden before his fall? There was no flesh. Uh-huh. How about that? There was no flesh there. Would you be like that? Do you like to be like the innocent item? There was no flesh, no problem. I said, Lord, surely I like that. Surely I like that. I like to be the innocent Adam without the flesh. But the Lord told me, no, my child, not in that way. The problem is not that you have the flesh. The problem is that you are sharp of my spirit. Francis, this is quite a riveting thought that not only sin, but also death and even Satan himself have access to our flesh. In fact, these three great enemies of ours even use our flesh as their meeting place. Yet God has avoided that part of our being altogether in his marvelous salvations. Why is this? Give us your thoughts on this. Well, this is quite a, uh, quite a subject. And I have to admit, Chris, that uh, before receiving this ministry and the truth that it's brought to us, it's helped me so much in my experience and also my understanding of what my flesh is. I never had any clear thoughts about the dealings with these three enemies. So I don't have much way to say, uh, what are my thoughts? Uh, I would not have had so if I had not received this ministry. Now, to some extent, I realize that these enemies are not out there somewhere. They are all three right in my fallen flesh. And though I got regenerated and received Christ as my righteousness, my flesh is still the meeting place of this unholy trinity, Satan, death, and sin. I used to pray, as Brother Lee mentioned, that God would take away my flesh. And at times I tried to exercise enough faith to believe that he did take it away when he took away my sins. And doctrinally, I tried to prove to myself that everything is okay. Everything is all taken care of. There's no such thing now as falling into sin. But my experience told me otherwise. And my faith never convinced me that I could uh, go on living a victorious life or I would be in the victory because everything is done. There's something left that's being done. Day by day, we're experiencing something of this working to uh, not improve us. To our surprise, God is not interested in just improving us. So I found out that my flesh, with all its lusts and desires, still existed, even as a believer. 
and that the meeting of Satan, sin, and death, that meeting has never been dismissed. I took some comfort in, in the past in blaming Satan for a lot of things, not realizing that the real problem is not altogether with Satan, it's with this ever-present flesh. So I think we'll see more as Witness Lee goes on to unveil this mystery to us. Well, there certainly must be an answer to it, and it's not just to leave it untouched. So let's go back to Witness Lee as we further get into this marvelous aspect in Romans chapter 5. Now, we still have to go back to talk a little bit about the matter of flesh. In chapter 7 and chapter 8, flesh means a part of our being, the sinful part, the wicked part. The part that is possessed by Satan, that is called the flesh. In these two chapters, you have quite a few verses unfolding flesh to us. Firstly, it says, in our flesh, nothing good dwells. Nothing good dwells. Our flesh is a place that all evil things take their abode. By His mercy, by His holy teaching, I have got to realize that there is such a part in my being. That is termed the flesh. The flesh. In this very part, Nothing good. Nothing good. You may be very good, but in this part of your being, there's nothing good. Why I say this so strongly? Because so many seeking Christians, after a certain period of seeking, all got disappointed. It seems to me the more I'm trying to overcome the besetting sins, the more the besetting sins got to be with me. So, I'm fully disappointed. I'm disgusted with myself. I tell you, in my past years, a good number of times, I was really disgusted with myself. Just because we have a part of our being so evil. So evil. This evil thing, I tell you, is not just one single element. It is a compound. It is something compounded. Compounded with Satan, sin, and death. Your flesh is a compound. Compounded with Satan, sin, and death. Constitution. You have the flesh. Flesh is a compound with all these evil elements. Now, this thing is a part of our being. It is not just in us. It's a part of our being. Then you would ask, why the Lord would not take this away? The Lord is wise. He is wise. He knows what he has been doing. 
He knows what he's doing. This flesh is ugly. This flesh is evil. But the Lord didn't take away this flesh. And the Lord wouldn't take away this flesh. The flesh left within our being. With a purpose that this would help us, force us, compel us to go to the help. This is my burden this morning. I can testify, brothers and sisters, if I don't have this flesh, if I am not in this flesh, I would never be so desperate to call on the name of the Lord. Francis, God has provided us with such a marvelous salvation, yet as we have been discussing and as we've heard from Witness Lee, he did not touch the flesh, but left it with us. He pointed out that in his sovereignty, God utilizes even our fallen flesh to help propel us or compel us to seek God in our spirit. This is quite a thought, isn't it, Francis? Yes, Chris, this is quite a thought. Now... I realized that if God had taken away our flesh, we would seldom be desperate to turn to our spirit. It's only in our spirit that we have the life to reign over these enemies, Satan, sin, and death. It seems that we need uh, the propelling force of the failure that's in our flesh to exercise to turn to our spirit. So for years, Chris, I thought if there were no flesh... If God had taken away my flesh, I would really know how to be a spiritual person. But now I can realize that it's not just that I have the flesh with me, but that I have much more need for the Spirit in my spirit than I do for trying to get rid of the flesh. Of course, we have to try, and we will try, and we all fail. And the more we try, the more we fail. But... This has a lesson in it also. The purpose that God has in leaving the flesh with us, that we may take that occasion to turn to our spirit and enjoy the Lord in our spirit. The more we fail, the more we turn. The less success we have in trying to improve, the more success we'll have in turning to our spirit. Only in our spirit is there any reigning in life, is there any freedom from Satan? Is there any victory over sin? And is there any absence of the fear of death? That's marvelous that God has not promised us to rid us directly of these three enemies, but he has promised us that if we will contact him in spirit, there is a life there in which we can reign over them. That's right. This is tremendous. Amen. Let's go back to Witness Lee for the conclusion of our life study. You have to believe what I'm talking about this morning. If you don't believe, listen to this. After the children of Israel got into the Goland, God kept some of the enemies there with a purpose to strengthen them, with a purpose to teach them how to fight. I suppose... When they got into the Goland and got rid of all the enemies, the next generation would have 
no enemies to fight about. So they would never be strong. They would never know how to fight. So God said, for this purpose, I left an amount of enemies in your good land for your good. This morning, many of us are here, been seeking the Lord for years and years. Please tell me, who has ever been so successful? Raise up the hand. If you turn the question to me, I would say, I have never been successful. Again, and again, and again, and again, I sought the Lord all the time. What I got was a failure. But, I cannot deny, through all the failures, something of the Lord has been added into my being. I can testify, even Satan this morning can confirm my testimony. <laughs> that is, since all the years, he has not been rid of, but he has never been increasing in me. But through all the years, day after day, my God has been increased into me. Mainly through my failures. I wouldn't say the more failure you have, the better you'll be. But actually, all the failures help you. With a condition. That is, if you do seek the Lord. And I do believe we all do seek the Lord. As long as we seek the Lord, be at peace. Whether there be success or there be a failure, makes not much difference. And I would rather say, probably a failure would help you to get the Lord more than a success. Never be disappointed with your failure. Because as long as you love Him, as long as you seek Him, all the failures will be utilized by the working law to wear himself more into you. Because all your failures will press you. Will press you to say, Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Will press you. And this pricing will help you to get more and more into the Spirit. Eventually, what will come out? <laughs> I tell you, eventually we will be filled, saturated with the Lord Himself in our spirit. Without the help of this ugly flesh, we would never be so desperate. Our goal is victory. Our goal is holiness. Our goal is spirituality. But his goal is neither victory, nor holiness, nor spirituality. His goal is just he himself route into you. To see this is easy. To get into this in an actual way, you need a lot of experience. You need a lot of feelings. Then you will 
get more into the Spirit. You could never get out of the flesh unless you get in the Spirit. Just as you could never get out of darkness unless you get in the light. If there's no light, regards how much you will deal with darkness, darkness is still there. If you are void of the Spirit, yet you deal with your flesh, the more you deal with your flesh, the more flesh you have. You can never rid of the flesh, and you can never overcome the flesh. I tell you, you can never even deal with the flesh. The only rescue is the Spirit. Francis, certainly we are all the time seeking spiritual victory and holiness. But God's goal is different than that. He wants to work himself into us. And for that purpose, he even uses our failures to gain more and more of us for himself. This kind of view or perspective is absolutely contrary to our normal, even our religious thought. Is this some of what it means to have our mind renewed, as we've seen in Romans? I certainly believe this is a, a factor in having our mind renewed because the natural man, he wants to be successful. He wants to be able to please God by his own way, his own work, his own effort. Once we come in right relationship with Christ through his redemption, there is a desire in us to be holy, to be spiritual, to be right in everything. But our experience proves another thing, that we don't succeed. We have to try to reign in life. We have to try to overcome. We have to try to be victorious. But the more we try, the more failures we have. These failures really cause us to turn us to our spirit, to contact the Lord in our spirit. So it's not uh, how much success we can have in being spiritual or being victorious. But it really is how much of the Spirit of God has the freedom in us to renew our mind, to control our emotions, to uh, subdue our will, and even to reign over all these things in our flesh. This is a battle I believe we go through our whole lifetime. And we have the provision, but this provision is more available to us by our failures than by our successes in our attempt to be holy. This is a marvelous realization, and there certainly is a freeing aspect when we begin to get light in this way to see where God is accomplishing what in our being. The life resides in our spirit, and when we find him there, we do experience the reigning over all of these negative things that plague us whenever we touch our flesh. Amen. More spirit, more living. More living, more reigning. Thank you, Francis, for your fellowship today. Enjoyed having you here and hope to join us very soon again. Thank you. We have more from the Book of Romans tomorrow as Witness Lee has another marvelous life study. We trust that you'll be with us then again. And for today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. Brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, publisher and distributor of the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. If you'd like to contact us, just email radio at lsm.org or call us toll free 
at one triple eight life study. That's one eight 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 five four three three seven eight eight. Thanks for listening.